Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, your weekly Star Wars podcast where we round up the latest news, reviews, discussion and our, when we get round to it, random spotlight brought to you from a galaxy far, far away. My name's Gary, welcome to episode 41. Joining me as always, my co-pilot in the Falcon, Mr. Mark Asprey. How are you, my good friend? I'm all right, me old good-looking rookie-wookie. I'm all right, thank you. <laughs> Rookie Wookie. <laughs> rookie Wookie. I like it. He's the Rookie Wookie. Yeah, you're welcome. You can have that one. Stick it on your uh, gamer tag. Pop it on your Twitter profile. That is going to be my new Twitter name now. Rookie Wookie. Yeah, do what you want with it. It's yours. That's a gift. Is it free? It's not free. Okay, well, nothing's for free, is it? Nothing's for free. So, what is the, uh, what is the brewery in Swindon? <laughs> this is episode 41. Of Spark of Rebellion, not the Office podcast. I hope all of our listeners have had a cracking week. Hope you've all done something Star Warsy. Welcome aboard to any new listeners. It's good to have you on board. Anyone that's listened to us from the beginning, it's welcome back. Great to have our long-time listeners and supporters. Before we get cracking with today's show, we've got a ton of news to get through. By the way, I'm not sure if again we're going to get round to anything else, but just tons of stuff coming through news-wise. So we're going to try and rattle through most of that. But before we get cracking. If you like what we do here on the show, remember to give us a subscribe on whatever podcast app you listen to podcasts on. Just do a search for Spark of Rebellion. You'll find us on there. And if you have a minute to give us a rating, that would that help us loads. It helps loads with discoverability and all that stuff. Really appreciate it. And a big thank you to all of our current patrons. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support the show, if you like what we do here, head over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion you can jump on to various tiers there from a dollar upwards get yourself some sor swag and it would be great to have you on board and we love our current patrons so thank you very much for that and lastly we're on the socials as well instagram twitter and facebook to do a search for spark of rebellion you'll find us on there give us a, a like and a follow over there as we chat star wars each and every week right buddy have you been up to anything? I've, I know you've been doing one thing, which is kind of cool, Star Wars. I've seen your your instas. How's uh, how's the Yerda, the Lego Yerda going? It's right here, actually. Next to me, as you can see, because we record this on camera for you podcast peeps. Um, it's all right, mate, actually. Yeah, that's all I've been doing, Star Wars, this week. Um, what I feel like there's something else. But no, this <laughs> is it. I've been doing the Lego Yerda. Honestly, mate, I don't know how people that do hardcore Lego really do it. Like... So there's 13 bags to this thing, and it's maybe a foot and a bit tall. And don't get me wrong, it's a lot of fun. But my God, it's a bloody toil. Like, you know, this is a job. You know, they get a normal man doing a good job of work, and they make him do a Yoda. 
this is it. It's brilliant. But I am loving it because it's starting to come together now. So I've got his little robes done at the front that you can just see. Um, and I've got this this spare bit that I know you can't see as a podcast listener, but I don't know what this bit is that I'm holding now. It's just a bit. So I'm going to see what that does later. But the fun thing, the one thing that I'm looking forward to building is his lightsaber because it's massive. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. But that's that's been my Star Wars re- uh, week pretty much, apart from like the usual news hunting um and, and and digging into the news and, and and you know all the stuff that happens online that's that's been the last couple of weeks for me really because i've been uh, in fact there's one other thing that i need to tell you which i know that i know we might lose all our patrons um but i've been i watched star trek so yeah i don't know you know I don't, look at your face don't give me that but that's i watched star trek i was it was on netflix i was having my tea and it was like recommended for you star trek i was like ooh, aye let's watch that so i did um, and I apologise to everyone. What type of Star Trek? Oh, don't even. Because I was, no, cause, no, 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 we can't get into this. Because you know me, I'm like, right, where do you start then? So, right at the beginning, pilot. Oh, you're talking Kirk and Spock. It was Pike and bloody Spock, Pike, which okay. baffled me. Because I was like, who's <laughs> this guy? And then it was like, Captain Pike. And I was like, oh, it's that guy. All mm. right, let's see what see what happens here. But it was all right. It's like, you know, I mean, you know what it's like being a Doctor Who fan. You know, if you suspend your viewpoint of the uh, the effects and everything, like the stories themselves are actually pretty solid sci-fi. And you, again, you know, being a, a Whovian, you'll completely respect that. So that's that's been my week, dude. But yeah, don't tell anyone. Maybe we should edit that bit out. <laughs> your week has been... Well, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying the Lego build because initially you sounded like you were moaning about it. So. Oh, no, it's men. It really is good, but I just, it was more of a respect thing. Like, the amount of people that do, like, hu- these like these huge Millennium Falcons. Mm-hmm. Like, holy crap, man. I don't waste my evenings, dude. Yeah, this I know. There's uh, the odd evening where I've got a little brandy or a little whiskey. Oh. And I'm ready to push the boat out. And a particular YouTube channel that I like watching on those stormy nights is Beyond the Brick. Oh, aye. Where it... It's a bit of a deep dive into those people that build like massive like three million brick environments and stuff. And some of the Star Wars ones are top shelf. Amazing. Well, I've got Yoda, so eat that. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What's your been with? your week been like Star Wars wise? Yeah, rubbish, mate. Oh, good. Good chat. Right, moving on. Welcome to episode yeah. 42. Yeah. So the <laughs> only thing I've done is catch up a little bit more on the Clone Wars rewatch nothing oh, fresh yeah. or new there it's just a rewatch so i haven't really done anything kind of new stuff really i'm not reading anything star wars at the moment and uh yeah so like you just a bit of news hunting throwing a few articles into the old into the old planner but yeah i feel like we need to pick up on this star trek thing a bit more i feel oh, like god here we go i feel like i need to do a bit of a hutch moment from fanboys where just sort of oh darn yeah get off of our i don't land. want to fight get off of our get out of here now, <laughs> well, uh, you know it's in the in the uh, in the name of research, and we were talking off air a second ago. Research. It was in the name of research. Uh, it wasn't really, you know. I, I've been struggling for what to watch. Genuinely, I have because I was. It's it's been interesting because I've been so consumed by Star Wars, like everything. Like last year, I think I read like fifty something books or forty something books, and thirty three of them were Star Wars books. What's wrong with that? So. No, nothing. But then what do you do after that? I've got then Rise Wars. of Skywalker. Yeah, but there's nothing apart <laughs> from Legends. And I'm like, I don't want to read Legends because that's a rabbit hole, isn't it? Uh, yeah, true. There's some good stuff still, though. 
Yeah, I know what you mean. Yes. I even got into that towards the back end. Like I did Plagueis, I did Obi-Wan, the old Kenobi book, which are both like that close to, you know, they may as well be canon. Well, you um, pre-ordered so I've been uh, really Jedi Fallen Order. Did you get around to playing that? I don't know why, man, but I'm off gaming at the minute. I just, oh, you know, I sit in front of, I've maybe got an hour on a night, you know, after I've done what I do. And, uh, I, you know, I'll think, oh, what shall I do? And I just can't be bothered getting into it, like thinking, you know, because you've worked all day and it gets to 10 p.m. And I'm like, can't be bothered thinking, mate. But I'll tell you what I did see yesterday, which I thought would change this maybe in the future. Like we're talking off air, I do a fair bit of travel, got some travel coming up. So I take my Switch with me, which is, I've not got that much Star Wars stuff on there. Maybe like some Lego stuff. But uh, Project X Cloud, the Xbox thing. So Danny Pena, who does Gamer Tag Radio, know, know him pretty well. He's celebrated a thousand episodes. So congratulations, Danny and the team over at Gamer Tag Radio uh, of his podcast. And he was on about it, um, the Project X Cloud. So basically, you know, essentially Stadia, but for Xbox. Um, and he was playing it on his phone. So I'm like, wait a sec. If this comes in the next year, which it obviously is going to, that's a game changer. Like, I'll be able to take Gears 5 with me, Jedi Fallen Order with me, stick a controller in my bag, link it to my iPad. Like, dude, this is this is outstanding. Hmm. Sounds good, dude. Yeah. Actually, on, digress there, sorry. On Switch, I think you can get the old Jedi Knight 2. Oh, they released a load, didn't they? We covered it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Sorted. All right, it's either that or Resident Evil. Yeah. Resident Evil. Oh, I did. Well, I'm not going to give you a hard time anymore. Just let's limit the amount of Trek talk on the show, yeah? Let's, uh... All right, Chris, why don't you just... <laughs> That's what you'd be saying to me. <laughs> Although, to be fair, I was watching The Next Generation, end of last year. Oh, you are disgusting, mate. This is terrible. It's on this show. My boss at work was like, how have you not seen The Next Generation? I'm like, well, I'm not really a Trekkie. I'm not really into it. So I don't want to watch it. And he was like, well, go and watch it or you're fired. I'm like, okay, I'll give it a watch tonight. And uh, I was like seven episodes in and I thought, wow, this first series is going to wrap up nicely in a minute. And then I happened to get to the end of it and think, hold on a minute, how many episodes are there? It's like 29 episodes in like series one or something. <laughs> so I just canned it. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. It's depressing stuff like that. Like I'm the same with Game of Thrones or anything like that, where you think, oh yeah, I'll get, I'll get cracked on with it. And then Netflix is like the scourge of just um, stopping you watching it. Cause you look and it's like 32 seasons yeah. <laughs> and then it's like 29 episodes a season. And you're just like, nah, man, I'm going to watch the crown. The crown. Yeah. Actually that's one thing I did watch over Christmas. It's banging, isn't it? It's good drama then. Yeah. 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 Big time. Told Philip, Old you Phil. little debonair. Bit of Matt Smith. Oh, I, the who. Whom? Indeedy. <laughs> right, waffle done. We're going to move on. Do you know what I love about this? <laughs> just, I'm going to, for like, look, oh, just to finish this waffle before. So for you listening, the ever ever present listener, this is probably the longest we've gone in an intro without talking Star Wars. But it's the first time that Gaz has ever said before we record. Right, mate, listen, we've got to zip through this news because I've got to get <laughs> off to pick the kid up. <laughs> it's then, and then we've completely just undone that in the first ten minutes. Oh dear. Well, that's your fault. <laughs> Moving on. The news. Sorry, mate. First up, dude. <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker's getting a hard time, mate. Oh, the, isn't it? the standard for which you measure every single movie's success, Rotten Tomatoes. The scores are not looking good, mate. It's not good news, guys. It's got the worst score of the franchise so far. When it went out initially, I think on release, the Rotten Tomatoes score was something like 58 
percent or something, fifty six percent, something like that. And now over the past few weeks, now that more and more people have seen it and they've started adding their reviews, we've gone down to a measly fifty two percent Rotten Tomatoes, dude. Uh, it's been now behind the Phantom Menace. I think the Phantom Menace has got. Where are we? Fanta- yeah, so 50, I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes now. 52% on the tomato meter. Uh, that's not good. So based on this score, I suggest that we can, you know, we can only deduce that this has been an epic failure of a film. Yeah, man. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because, um, like, I'm all right with that. I'm all right with it having that score because I think it's fair. I really do. And I've seen it a couple more times since then. I lied to you earlier when you said, what else have you done Star Wars? I did see Rise of Skywalker again. Um, Lies. And whilst there's some bits that I found charming-ish, <laughs> a lot of it's just crap. Um, <laughs> it really is. But <clears throat> what's interesting about this Rotten Tomatoes score is um, there were a few things that cropped up. Like There was the fact that the prequels, for all they're derided and you know the CGI is a little bit dodgy, the dialogue's clunky, we, we talked about it last week, you know, they tell a cohesive story, which the sequel trilogy never did. Um, and I think for that reason, you know, seen as a chapter in a story, I understand it. But the other thing that's really interesting to me, which I'm sure you've noticed, is the tomato meter is exactly the opposite of what it was for The Last Jedi. So the critics loved The Last Jedi and the fans hated it, and the fans loved The Rise of Skywalker, and the critics hate it, which mm-hmm. I think is hugely telling, hugely, hugely telling. Indeed, yeah. It's a massive contrast to The Force Awakens as well. Force Awakens, 93%. When that came out, everyone was like, this is shit. This is just a remake of A New Hope. This isn't Star Wars. Disney have ruined everyone's lives. But then we've got 93%, so. Well, that's, uh, it's an interesting perspective that I was, I was uh, another thing that I didn't tell you, uh, which is not directly Star Wars related, but this week I, I started and finished Bob Iger's book, you know, the CEO of Disney. Oh, that um, guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, big Bob, the Iger, Iger Meister, Iger, 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 that's what I call him, <laughs> not to his face, not because I'm scared of him, um, but <laughs> seems like a decent guy, um, and he was, so obviously there's a whole Lucasfilm stuff that's in there, um, and he was talking about Kennedy and Abrams, and, and, and you know, I know fans have got, a lot to say about those kind of peeps. Um, But he was, interestingly, he was talking about some of the pressure that went with The Force Awakens and how the the way that Abrams approached it was to reboot, essentially reboot something, but make it feel quintessentially Star Wars, which obviously led to the complaints that it was overly quintessentially Star Wars. But at the same time, I think it's almost... The latter two films, like them or loathe them, you know, whichever one you like, whether you hate them both or love them both, it's the latter two films that people have got a problem with. And I think people would, it's almost like a football game. You wouldn't take a draw until after the fact when you'd lost and then you'd look back and say, do you know what, we should have took the draw. Like now, you would take a trilogy full of Force Awakens, you know, those mm-hmm. style movies. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you and I would take that. I mean, The Last Jedi I enjoyed, but you would take... Something that was a little safer, but that hit the mythology a lot harder. Like, we'd take that, um, you know, and explore some of the stuff that was in The Force Awakens a little bit further. Um, so it, it's just, I think it's just the sign of the times, isn't it? You know, everyone's more vocal. And I, 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 I've I, got to be honest, I'm all right with it having that Rotten Tomatoes score. How do you feel about the, the score itself? Like, are you all right with that? Are you? How do you feel about it being lower than The Phantom Menace? That, that question in particular. Yeah, I like you, dude. I'm I'm cool with that. I'm cool with the score. I think it's um, yeah, like you said, a lot more people are vocal now, and 
just the internet in it. You know, people just jump on there when they flex their muscles a little bit and tell tell the world what they think. So, in terms of that, it's a it's a fairly honest score. I believe. I think. I think it does reflect what fandom are thinking about Star Wars at the moment, and it really did divide people so much. <clears throat> I think. Uh, excuse me. I think out of all of the sequel trilogy films, this is the one that's really divided everybody. I thought the Last Jedi divided fandom, but this one. This one has really divided everybody. So I think it's a fair score. I think it's um, it's just a middle-of-the-road Star Wars film, really. You know, So 53%. It's about there, I suppose. Well, that's the thing. When you look at the score in context of actually how you and I discuss it, you know, you see you 50-something percent, you're like, oh, my word. Like, that's low because we want to see it in the 90s and the 80s. Like, you know, you put the... You put the, um, you put the the weight on the the eight the nine in front of the number whereas if you think about it legitimately you know you and i could be in a room with two other star wars fans and they'd love it and you wouldn't think anything of it you'd just be like yeah okay this guy likes it this guy hates it like 50 50 split straight down the middle you know one out of two people are going to love it one out of two are going to hate it like that doesn't sound like there's anything wrong it sounds fairly normal mm-hmm. that's what i mean yeah fairly fairly even score fairly honest within the fandom i would say I th- yeah, I just yeah, don't, with you. yeah, I just, I get the feeling that the the head honchos at Disney and Lucasfilm are, were expecting a bit more than that. <laughs> I can't imagine, <laughs> because it's a Star Wars film. I mean, don't get me wrong, it made a, a buttload of money still, still raked in the dollars. But I, they, they were probably hoping that fans would receive it a bit better. And you could you could tell that old JJ was super nervous as well when I was watching the live stream of the, uh, of the, the US premiere, I think it was. He was being interviewed beforehand, and he he couldn't even look he couldn't even look the interviewer in the eye. You know, they're seeing, they're asking him how was how do you think fans are going to react and all that all that stuff. And he was he couldn't even look at them. He was like, well, and there was no commitment either. That's the strange thing from JJ as well. He he didn't commit to an answer. He normally does. He's normally like, I'm proud of the work I do and I'm proud of all this stuff and it's going to be awesome. But he was like, uh, I hope I hope fans receive it well. Hope it does all right. So you could you could tell that, you know from the from the off that old JJ had tried to you know did his best to try and bring this thing back around, but nah. That's a good point, dude. Actually, because he he's been very non-committal with everything. You know, when you look at you know when you look at how he's responded to the fans and him basically saying, "Well, yeah, look, everyone's right because it's just opinion." You're like that sounds a little bit like management speak, JJ, and how much you hate management speak. And he's just like, yeah, but everyone's right. Rather than Ryan Johnson, who was like, this is a, this is the story, all right? And I'm going to... Because we were pretty harsh on, on Ryan Johnson, you know. We've we've given him some grief in the past. But actually, looking back, give me a Ryan Johnson all day long now. Um, <laughs> you know, someone that someone that fights for it and gives a shit, you know, and that... Um, just marking this episode as explicit. You know, he, <laughs> he actually cared about it. He was, he was like, well, you might not like it, but this is a bold move roll with it it's been done and we can do something good with it from here it's a new platform to build on um so that's a very interesting point they bring up there dude yeah i've never noticed the non-committal side of jj but now you've mentioned it it stands out like a sore thumb it does yeah so there we go not looking good on rotten tomatoes but you never know sometimes that score does drift up and down a little bit so but i can't see this one moving too much but there we go moving on old ben solo from the film we've just mentioned, that Star Wars film. 
apparently it's a bit of an appetite to bring him back, dude. A lot of people missing the the character felt like his portrayal in the conclusion to the saga was not not where they wanted it to be, unjustified, wanted to see more of him. So there's been a lot of movement around the socials over the last two or three weeks, I suppose. It all started with the the uh, the, the Ben Solo, the Ben Solo challenge. Did you see a bunch of these tweets and Instagram photos and stuff? Yeah, yeah the little Han Solo style shrug. Yeah. And uh, that kind of fueled the fire, really. And it's it's uh, it's kind of invoked a lot of uh, not, not, I wouldn't say like you screwed up the character or anything to an extent, to that extent, but there's definitely an appetite f- between fans. I think to see a lot more of Ben Solo, I think it was a bit, it, the, the, the Ben Solo that we all wanted to see was plucked away prematurely. I feel so the rise of the best thing that you and I both said this, one of the best things about the rise of Skywalker is the transformation from kylo ren into ben solo and his performance and that bit at the end where he does the shrug just like you know his dad did you know in return of the jedi all really good stuff and then the lovely smile that he gives ray all brilliant stuff and then you know in the blink of an eye it's all gone and i think so many fans that wanted to see that earlier on in the film so that they could then see more of ben solo rather than kylo ren uh, as a performance so uh, loads and loads of tweets, loads of people going, uh, going bonkers on, on socials basically. So, uh, the, the Ben Solo challenge, that's, I think that's still going on. I'm still seeing tweets of that, but then we've got the, uh, thing about nobody in star Wars is ever really gone. You know, we had that as a strap line for, for rise of Skywalker. So a lot of people are saying that, look, there is a case for you to bring, we could bring, Ben Solo back in a future film. And there was another story floating around that uh, I saw a couple of days ago that Vader could potentially come back uh, in one of the future Star Wars films. That was a, another thing that was doing around. So there's no reason why via some kind of clever writing or some kind that they could bring, they could bring Ben back. What do you reckon to this? Because some would say that the way that they treated his character was fairly respectful as a character, you don't want to burn it out. You don't want to keep bringing him back and back and back and, and all that stuff, uh, which is kind of the basis for this, this argument really is that a lot of people feel like they've got star Wars fatigue again, but not so much for the Ben Solo character, but would you like to see him come back? I think it's one of those challenges where because the prequels gave us so much Jedi badassery, you know, you've seen Obi-Wan throw down a heck of a lot. You've seen Anakin throw down a heck of a lot. In the Clone Wars, you get to see Ahsoka, you get to see Kanan in, in Rebels. and you, So all these other characters, Palps and even Yoda, you know, the, I remember the first time in Attack of the Clones where, you know, he trundles around the corner and, you know, he, he, he takes on Dooku. And you just think, like, okay, we've seen all the, all the badasses throw down now. Mm-hmm. So then you end up with this Luke Skywalker problem, which is actually the greatest character out of Star Wars, Luke Skywalker, never ever gets the true fulfillment that we all want to see, which is him actually being as good as the Jedi from the prequels and fulfilling that. And it's the same with Ben. Like He was arguably the only character, I don't even think it's arguable, that had in the sequel trilogy uh, a decent arc. You know, he's, he's, 
him constantly struggling with the light side versus the dark, trying to kind of embrace the dark by popping old Han, and then realizing that actually he can't do it. And then that last sacrifice by Leia, you know, she snaps him out of it and makes him, you know, makes him realize, you know, however contrived that is, at least he's got some kind of arc, which no other character has. Not even Finn, not Poe, none of them. You know, none of them have got an arc. So I think when you start to show us things like that and you start to, you know, you show us things like old Luke, who's potentially, and I know he had this big sacrifice and the act of force projection was absolutely badass, but we never saw him throw down or impart his wisdom or be the Jedi. And it's the same with Ben. And like you said, he was plucked away from us so quickly that you just saw what the potential for that character could be. And then when you look at Trevor's script and the potential for that, you know, he went the other way. He was, he really lent into the dark side, which again is another great characterization. You know, he, he did finish what his grandfather had started. Um, and neither of those versions of Rise of Skywalker or, or episode nine, as we'll call it, really gave us that much of the character to work with. Um, when it comes to whether he'll come back or not, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel there's, because we've seen a lot in the comics now, there's a lot of Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, a lot of uh, Los Anteca, there's a lot of uh, Luke Skywalker being explored in the new Star Wars comic. You know, now the Rise of Skywalker's done. It's filling the gaps. Um, which is kind of frustrating. Kind of frustrating. Um, will they come back on film or, or in TV? I don't know, because there is so much story to be told around Luke, around Ben, around the Skywalkers, even around Vader. You know, we've still got a lot of time to cover in Vader's history um, that can be that can be told, whether it's in TV shows or future movies or, or whatever. I, I, I feel like we're not done quite with the character, but whether we'll see Adam Driver back as Kylo Ren, I'm not overly confident on that one. But what I think we'll probably see is some other version. Um, plenty of books, comics, maybe a, some something cropping up in animation. And I, I would actually hazard to say that I, I think we'll start to see more Luke Skywalker in that regard as well. Um, I think he's probably, in terms of Luke, he's probably an interesting bet for TV shows, you know, whilst it would be weird to recast him. Yeah. No, I agree, dude. I think the TV shows are the, is going to be the way forward for stuff we'll come on to uh, some news about the tv show but uh, uh or a particular tv show but yeah i think yeah it's, it's a big risk to to plop an entire movie onto a onto a character in a different timeline but with the tv show you've got room there to sort of wind it around how you think things are going so if you've got some good scripts and then the first two shows go out fan feedback is not quite where you want to be you can tweak it do a couple of reshoots. TV is a lot more agile, whereas a film is like set in stone. Like once it's done, you know, it's done. So no, I agree with you, dude. And uh, you mentioned there about people wanting to see more about Skywalker saga in general, and how Ray and and Ben could have potentially moved forward with that. And a lot of people have been tweeting saying uh, they're really interested in the Force Dyad thing, uh, which we didn't really get to see much of as well. So people wanted to see that. Essentially, there was a bunch of hashtags that went around. There was one that said Ben Solo deserves better. Um, bring Ben Solo back, all that stuff. So like you, I can't really see that they're going to flesh this character out too much. I reckon it's going to be more of a Project Luminous thing 
uh, if we are going to see anything to do with Ben Solo again, definitely, we're definitely going to see books and comics about it for sure, about his character. But yeah, I'm afraid in terms of big screen movie stuff, not for a while, not for a while. Anyway, moving on. The Rise of Skywalker, again, uh, had a bit of a New Hope reference that apparently everybody missed. I missed this one. I know you didn't miss it. You did not miss this one, did you? Or did you? I think everyone bloody missed this one, mate. I was going to say. It was, it was a tough one to spot. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, because I was going to say, if you did say you saw this, I was going to be like, well, this just makes everyone look bloody stupid. So apparently, <laughs> in the scene where Palps has been restored and he's got his mojo back. He fires the, the Sith lightning up into, uh, up into the sky. And then the camera follows the, the lightning up through. And apparently when it goes out of the kind of bluey turquoisey glow of the Starfleet and you see the sky and the Starfield above, apparently that Starfield is exactly that from episode four. A New Hope. So this was mentioned by uh, one of the visual supervisors, Patrick uh, Tubak, who was working on uh, the film. Uh, it told uh, Insider that that was a tiny nugget that nobody picked up on. Uh, and apparently he said that that was really important to JJ. He really wanted to have that moment harking back to the very beginning of Star Wars. Uh, and I think... Uh, uh, that was bringing it all back together. So seeing the stars and seeing them look exactly the same way as episode four, uh, as, uh, which is the, the beginning part of, of episode four. So I would say if you want to bring back a reference to where Star Wars all began, you could have done, you could have done this in a better way because nobody, who the hell is going to look at in the middle of that scene as well, where it's all kicking off. Who the hell is going to stop and think, oh, hold on a minute, that star in quadrant B3 looks familiar. I think that could be a new hope we're looking at. Who the hell is going to... If you're going to bring back, you know, a reference to to have a lovely moment to rekindle everybody's love of where Star Wars all began, arguably there's better ways to do that, dude. <laughs> and it just, it's one of those where you think, all right, on the surface, nice idea, like it, well played. But then when you really get to the gritty of it, you're like, wait a sec, that's the thing you focused on out of this 52% Rotten Tomatoes film. That's the thing that was really important to him. That that piece is, and that is why, that is why he's not a closer. That is why he can't get his shit together for the last season, the last episode, the last installment of anything you know we love what jj does we do not know how he finishes um and it's it's like getting your priorities wrong and it? it's like when you start a new business and you're like right first day i'm gonna go to vista print get my business cards like no sell some stuff do that first forget your business cards you know what i mean jj is all about business cards but he's got thousands of them <laughs> well you can tell you can just imagine all the visual effects people around for a meeting and jj's like so we're going to cut short on all of the effects because Trevorrow's script was, you know, we binned it. On a lighter note, we've got a new hope in there. <laughs> well, that's irrelevant. You could have just told us about that and left, you know, it's just one of those tiny, it seems just completely irrelevant to do. I mean, it's cool in a way that they were thinking along those lines. Don't get me wrong. It's cool that they wanted to put a new hope in there. But 
that was kind of taken care of at the end with Ray going back to the to Luke's house, and you know that was a that felt very a new hope to me. Uh, I just don't see the point in this really, but it's kind of cool in a way, I suppose. Yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? Take it, leave it. Nice little bit of trivia for a pub quiz on a Thursday night, but yeah, you know, yeah. don't let JJ near Star Wars again. Who's that? JJ, fifty-two percent, mate. You're out of here. I'll see you later. Yeah. Prefer a flan. <laughs> Prefer a flan. That's the best one. Prefer a flan. More news. We're going to keep going through it. Quentin Tarantino, that very talented Quentin Tarantino, has essentially said that those big franchise-type films from things like Marvel, Star Wars, that kind of ilk, uh, is essentially crap and is raging a wee bit of a war on those types of films. He's uh, had a bit of a, a bit of a rant, had a, an interview with Deadline, where he basically says, if it wasn't for the films like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that I put out last year, we would have been engulfed by the big franchisey type films and there wouldn't have been enough room and space for uh, other more original movie content to be highlighted throughout the year. And uh, goes on to say that um, uh, the commercial product owned by the conglomerates, you know, the big projects everybody knows about, uh, whether it's Marvel Comics or Star Wars, Godzilla, James Bond, all of that stuff, uh, they had uh, a better year. Those films would have had a better year last year, uh, but it would have been uh, the year that their world domination would have been complete. Uh, but it kind of wasn't. So I think he's insinuating that it was a great year, big year for the big Marvel and Star Wars and franchisey type films, but a few of them ended up bombing, and, you know, not doing that well. So he's basically said that films like the, uh, Joker, you know, those more kind of smaller not independent films, but those smaller, more original content things that don't rely on any other big arc or franchise or anything. Uh, basically saying, you know, not really a fan. I think some people can see his point. I think some years the release schedule is just dominated by huge franchisey type films. And don't get me wrong, I love that. I love that we're in that... Uh, we're in that... Well, we've just gone through that decade of the superhero and the sci-fi films just absolutely going crazy and stuff. It's great, but I don't know. You kind of see his point. It doesn't really leave a lot of room for original content films to be sort of shouted about. So are you a Tarantino film uh, fan? Are you a film? Are you a film? Are you in a kind of Tarantino film? I am the whole of, of, of all the Tarantino films. Um, that is, I'm the box set as it goes. 4k. Of course. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, I get his point on this one. I, you know, it's kind of like a a lesser Scorsese burn. Um, you know, Scorsese did the whole jam a while ago, and I, I understand the sentiment of it because it's when I was laid up not so well at the beginning of the month. Um, like I smashed out quite a few movies, and they were all fairly low, not low level, low budget ones. So like Dolomite on Netflix, which is a brilliant film. Um, like War of the Planet of the Apes, which I know is big budget and it's still franchise, but it's one of those that's kind of like, it's even more niche than sci-fi. It's like a specific fan will go and watch that. Um, so I understand where he's going with this because it's like I used to love, I remember going to see like a, a movie back in the day and you'd kind of not know anything about it. Like I remember seeing a film called Spider, I think where the Joseph or Riff finds in it. 
And it's just this weird, like, psychological thriller that looks into mental health and schizophrenia. And it's an absolutely outstanding film. And it's one of those where people were leaving halfway through it because some people hated it and some people loved it. And it was a real film's film. Like you know? The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 50%. Um, but it was one of those, like, you'd never seen the trailer for it. There was nothing really shouted about. And it was just like, do you want to go to the movies on a Friday night? Yeah, yeah, all right, we should see. I don't know. Let's just wait until, until we get Let's see what's on. And then we'll, you know, nip to Hollywood Bowl before, get some nachos. But, you know, it was like one of those. It was like a different time, wasn't it? It and was, yeah. I do get where he's coming from because these things are being pushed out um, by the mass marketing machines of the corporates and the big kind of big business of movies. Um, but again, I'm the same as you. You know, I love that. I love the franchise, I love the connectivity, the mythology of it. But I do hear the point now where you, if you are a filmmaker that's come up the last 10 years and you've been working the last 10 years, it must be so much harder unless you are called Quentin Tarantino or Martin Scorsese or you know, some other big name director, it must be difficult to cut your teeth. And it's only when you get the breakouts, like, you know, Todd Phillips doing what he's done. Um, and what's the guy that did, uh, Matt, what's his name that's doing the new Batman film that did the Planet of the Apes ones? Um, I forget his name. I know but, you know, mean. people like yeah, yeah. that, yeah. that have stumbled upon something that was low budget, like Joker, that's really, yeah, sure, okay, it's, 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 it's superhero IP, but it's got a tiny budget and then it smashes a million uh, billion dollars out. You know, if you, if you don't cut your teeth on something like that these days and end up doing a franchise, it must be so hard as a filmmaker. Um, you know, you don't get someone like James Cameron anymore going around and smashing, st you know, little station wagon windows with Arnold Schwarzenegger at 4am to film The Terminator on a little handheld camera. You don't get seem to get that because it's dominated yeah. by a franchise. So I do, I do get his point. Mm -hmm. no, absolutely, mate. So he called 2019... Uh his, uh, he was fighting a war on movies, apparently, where he was, yeah, that very thing, you know, just not many people out there with, I don't think he was championing like the low budget film as such. It was more like, you know, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of creativity knocking around because everything's already packaged for you. If you go and see a Star Wars film, you know what you're getting pretty much, or a Marvel film, you know, everything's been planned out and done and stuff, so... There we go. Old Quentin's not quite as into the whole franchise and big stuff as we are, but, you know, yeah. Uh, moving on. Do you have a spare 20 mil in the bank? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you want to live in the US? California, to well, be precise. I don't know. It's quite heavy on tax, but yeah, sure. Why not? Sure. So out in the beautiful hills of California... There is a uh, a place called the Hidden Hills, apparently. Uh, there is a mansion that's gone up for sale recently for $26 million, which works out to about just under 20 million quid here in the UK. And the... I'm going to have to clarify this. I'm not sure. I think this all comes with it, but the six-bedroom, seven-bathroom mansion comes absolutely chock full of proper and i mean proper star wars memorabilia it's being it's being uh labeled as the star wars mansion now i don't know who owns it it must be uh i don't think it's anybody famous or anything like that it's just a big private collector who decided to i don't know if he's fallen on the hard times or whatever but decided to put the whole up for sale for 20 million quid 
And this is serious stuff, dude. So there's a load of photos that have been that have surfaced online of this place, and it looks immense. And dotted throughout the house, you have got loads of full-size Star Wars replicas. So this is like the sideshow collectibles, full-size stuff. Stormtroopers, Vader, Imperial Guards, IG-11, Bosk, 3PO, uh, the whole freaking lot, Chewie, everything. And every house has almost got like a theme to it, I suppose. So there's a bar area that's in one of the dedicated showing rooms. It's got um, uh, it's got uh, Greedo in there and there's like memorabilia on the shelf there. And then behind that display, there's like a dedicated big glass cabinet with all the Stormtrooper and Clone Trooper helmets in there. Full-size Yoda, the whole lot. There's a full-size speeder bike. There's a room that's got a, an X-Wing hanging from the ceiling. All the posters are there. There's a cinema, uh, which has got all of the Death Star lighting around it and stuff. The place just looks crazy. And even the rooms that are not Star Wars themed, all the other rooms just look beautiful. Like the, the living room's got massive high ceilings, beautiful windows, big fireplace. Uh, it's got an outdoor pool. It's got an indoor pool. It's got a big observatory telescope thing. This place is crazy. Absolutely crazy. So... Could be the the new uh, Asquith Towers. What do you reckon? I'd have the same trouble that this guy's had. Obviously, this is, I'll tell you what's happened here. <laughs> he's started ordering stuff off Amazon, hasn't he? He's getting some new stuff, <laughs> and she's like, "Dennis, if you're getting this, if you're getting into Star Trek, right, you're getting rid of this Star Wars stuff." <laughs> and he's like. No, you're not the boss of me. She's like, I'm not the boss here. But what I will say is that I know how the cooker works and you don't. And he's like, damn it, all right. Zoopla, <laughs> straight on. Uh, it's plain to see what's happened. So, But I mean, it could be it could be Asquith Towers. Um, you know, I, I mean, an observatory, very high on the list of things that I'd like. Um, I also feel like it's prime for just burgling. I mean, let's just do that, save a bit of brass, just burgle it straight over. That. That's a joke. <laughs> FBI, thank you for listening in. Um, but it's it's one of those things that would be pretty badass, but then imagine cleaning it. Like Carol, I've got a cleaner called Carol, who's great. And I just, I know her face. I can guarantee what her face would be like. Carol, bit of news, moving house, but I still want you to do a bit of work. She'd be like, yeah, no bother, Mac. But it's not going to be 20 quid anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? She, well, she's got to get under the stormtrooper's armor. She's got to sort out Darth Vader's boots. She's got to polish Yoda's lightsaber. She's got to sort out the cinema, spill the popcorn. It's it's one of those mansions that are like, you can, almost can't imagine living there because what your life must have to be like to be in that mansion. Like you've got to be able to um, like pay a grand a month on, on the team of cleaners and the gardeners. You know, it's, it's one of those. Do you know what I mean? But it, don't get me wrong, it looks badass. But once you're in there, what do you do? You're just like, oh yeah, look. Look at my stormtrooper, everyone. Come round and look at my stormtrooper. You know what I mean? It's like when you get a new TV and your mum and dad come round. They're like, show us your new TV. Look at that. Look at that, <laughs> Phil. Look how that's 4K. That 4K, is it? It's 4K, that mum, yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, I know what you mean. When I moved into my new house mid last year, our living room was considerably larger than the last one. So I said, right, we're getting a decent sized TV because we moved in. And in our old living room, it was quite small, and we had a 42-inch TV. And that was okay for that size. And when we got here and we put that up on the stand, it was like watching a postage stamp from the other side of the room. <laughs> so I put my foot down, dude. 
I was like, right, we've got to get a new TV in here. This is no good. So a month later, 65 inch, much nicer, much more comfortable to watch. And it's a bit like this, like you mean. So when my, when my dad came around and found me, I was like, look, 65 inches there. And they're like, whatever. An hour later, when they're watching the football, it's like, oh, this is amazing. So, oh, you like it now? So I, I get what you mean. And it's a kind of, it's the same thing with this. It's like bragging rights. <laughs> oh, you like it now? <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Like, oh, you like it now? Well, you're going home now. So sod off. Uh, but it's like bragging rights. When everybody comes around, it's like Stormtrooper helmet there. You think that's good? Do you know, it's like, it's like Brent, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> I brought that in. Can you get some batteries for uh, yeah. Big Mouth? Yeah, get sure. it out of petty cash. Yeah, when you're showing everyone around, it's just like you're just pointing at stuff. <laughs> smiling uh, yeah. at it. That is amazing. I'm, I know my that dad would be like, well, what? Because he doesn't do sci-fi. He's not into any of that. And whenever he comes around, he's like, how old are you, son? Like, yeah. Well. And his, his response would be just, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to do anything with it, Dad. It's like it's not like, it's not a doorstop. Do you know what I mean? It's not intended to do anything, old man. Exactly. Yeah, it's just nice to look at and appreciate. And he just rolls his eyes like, whatever. So it, hey, dude. Yeah. Sorry to jump in there, but you remind that that whole like come round and look at this thing, and then people not get it. You've just reminded me of something else that I did this week that's Star Wars related. <laughs> I'm going to sound a right twat when I say it. I ordered a new car, um, and it's a Tesla Model Three. But I went for the white one with the white interior and I find out that the nickname of it at Tesla is the Stormtrooper. So that's another thing I did this week. Yes, dude. The Stormtrooper. I've heard I've heard that as well. Yeah, the Stormtrooper. Because I think some of the uh some of the off the interior stuff is black, isn't it? So it gets black with the white. Of course, dude. Black and white, yeah. And it's that's what it is. It's just a pure black and white car. So I've decided and they, like you just reminded me when you said like get your dad round, because that's what he'll do. He'll come around and be like What's the MPG? Like, Dad, it's electric. Uh, <laughs> I ain't going to get it. But I've decided, because you can name your car, can't you, in the uh, Tesla apps, I'm going to call it Obi-Wan Carnobi. Uh, you're doing so well up until... You're doing well with the Stormtrooper thing. Oh, Obi-Wan Carnobi, because the word car is in the name. Do you get it? I think he's so. He's from Star Wars. Yeah. That will come to me later when I laugh about it. I'll get it later. <laughs> Obi-Wan Carnobi. Carnobi. So anyway, sorry. Like today has just been this mishmash of things where things you've asked me earlier on, what have you done with Star Wars? And I'm like, nothing. And then as we've gone through, you've prompted me with your little comments. I'm like, oh, wait a second. I didn't do that. Um, That's just the usual lies, mate. I can deal with that. (laughs) Lies, lies, lies. Because the regime don't like it. Star Wars Mansion, 20 million quid. Oh yeah, back to that. If you're up for it. It's up for sale. I can't imagine it staying on sale for very long. There's bound to be some gullible fool uh, who's going to buy it and then just basically take it. Are we going to hire a skip for all this sci-fi rubbish or what? <laughs> He's just going to buy it as a rental property. But like, just get it. Just get rid of all this. Yeah. Just rent it out. Stick it. it on the DSS. Be all right. Oh, looks pretty cool, though. Looks mint, doesn't it? It does look pretty badass as well. Looks mint, yeah. Right. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Kenobi. Not the car, not the character, but the TV show, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, has hit rough times, mate. Rough times, rough pumpkins. Has he, though? Has he, though, yeah. So everything was going swimmingly up until last week where we had a report that went out on the, what outlet was it, Uh, Collider, that said that uh, they had been told that the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show has been put on hold indefinitely. 
which is a shame. So the uh, apparently it just wasn't working. <laughs> That's a very... it's it's me. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> Obi Wan's like not not you McGregor. Obi Wan's like I just don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. I thought we were doing so well together. It's no. It's me. It's not well, <laughs> Kathleen. Okay, uh, fine. I guess I'll just get another job. And he's like down the cantina, like hello there, <laughs> barman. Do you have any work? Poor guy. Poor you and McGregor. Yeah, any quests that you need me to go on? <laughs> any, any quests? <laughs> well, what, what experience have you got? Well, I do quests. Yes, <laughs> I've saved the galaxy a couple of times. You might have you might have seen. Here's my CV anyway. I also <laughs> know how to talk to droids. I'm just going to leave that. I'll leave that, that. No rush to get back to me. I'm going nowhere. I'm out past the Dune Sea. Just come and find me. Yeah. Run down little place. Uh, yeah, I made it sound like a very like a, an oversimplification of what's going on. It just wasn't working out. Basically, the scripts are not where they want them to be. Apparently, uh, so I think this was going to be an eight or a ten episode first run for season one, and I think the first two scripts have been done, and they've just decided, look, it's cool and everything, but this needs to be like this needs to be the shit. Because we cannot put the Mandalorian out, and that does amazingly well. And then with arguably a much more liked, more popular character, that just bombs. We cannot have that happen. So I think in order, instead of just pushing through and trying to make it what it is, they've just paused it and said, look, we need much better scripts. This needs to, this needs to be better. So uh, apparently the delay is indefinite. I don't know how, how accurate that is, but it's certainly been put on hold. And uh, I saw something about this a few days ago. I think Ewan McGregor put out on either Twitter or in an interview, one of the two. He He's played down the entire thing. He's basically said, look, this happens all the time in TV. You know, delays happen, things change, dates move around, scripts change. It's all good. Don't worry about it. The only reason this is now big news is because it's Star Wars. If this wasn't a Star Wars show, this would go under the radar. The date would change. Nobody would bat an eyelid. And it's all good. So he's played down the whole thing. But... Uh, sad news though, because I th- I was really looking forward to this. I, ho- I hope they pick it back up because, uh, you know, Disney Plus landing this this March in the UK. Kind of looking forward to this after the rewatching the Mandalorian. So, yeah, any truth in this? Do you reckon? Oh, well, well, there's truth in the uh, in it the in the pause on on production, but as serious as they make it out to be, dude, what do you reckon? Um, I think um, I think it's one of those where you. You, you realize how much is at stake for these TV shows where, you know, look at what happened after that. Uh, sorry, after that, after Solo. Everything stopped, apart from the Rise of Skywalker. And was it Last Jedi as well? No, yeah, it was just Rise of Skywalker. Everything stopped because they were like, oh, balls, that didn't really go so well. <laughs> and then the Rise of Skywalker comes out, didn't do so well, lowest Rotten Tomatoes score, Gets critics, you know, <laughs> up in a in a in a hoorah, and suddenly Obi Wan, the Kenobi series, is having the same kind of thought process. So I think you're right, dude. I think it's, I don't think there's anything overly stressy to be concerned about. I think it's just one of those that will get picked back up, um, and I think it's just gone back for maybe some rewrites and because they need it to be the best. You know, the Mandalorian knocked it out of the park with a character that no one had ever seen that would ju- just about was recognisable because he had the same helmet as Boba Fett. Um, but this is Obi-Wan. It's almost... 
it's almost for them not worth doing something with such a big character unless it is going to be absolutely outstanding because they will get lambasted for it if it's not. Um, and it's it's kind of a challenge because, you know, it's come at a time where Ewan McGregor's now going to be doing press for Harley Quinn, the Harley Quinn film, the Birds of Prey film. So it's just kind of like this perfect storm, you know, the timing of the rise of Skywalker, you know, that just, whoa, let's just cool off. Kathleen Kennedy's probably like, let's stand by. Let's just have a second. Let's just figure this out. Let's go back and make sure it really is the best. It's got to match um, the Mandalorian's quality, if not uh, exceed it. And then McGregor's in the spotlight because of the new DC film, Birds of Prey. So I think it's just the perfect storm of timing that inevitably crops up with these things. And as you said, if it was, you know, if it was supernatural that was delayed, um, which never seems to happen because it's just it's just it's just a juggernaut of a show. But if it was something like that, they'd just be like, yeah, it's, it's all right, it's all good, it's like it's all right, it's, it is what it is, it'll be fine. Um, so I'm not overly concerned about this. Whilst you know I'm with you in that it's a bit annoying that uh, I got to wait for this. It's just gonna you know if it's delayed three months, it's gonna save me twenty quid on Disney Plus. That's it. You know, <laughs> I'll just get Disney Plus a bit later. I'm not bothered about Lion King. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of yeah. I'm bummed out that it's been delayed because you, you don't want to hear bad vibes about something as cool as no. an Obi Wan show. You know, uh, it and it can kill the, it as well. Sorry, sorry to jump in, but it, just just to kind of pick that thread, it can things like that can kill the show. You know, it's like a bad review getting out. Things like this can kill it. But um, sorry, what were you saying? Uh, yeah, it happens all the time in the video game world. Very often, probably ninety percent of the time, video games get delayed because it's not where they want it to be. So they have to delay it, mm-hmm. get it sorted, and it's a much better game for it. So if you look at it in that mentality, it's uh, it's all good. I'd rather have a delay and it be awesome rather than just a rush job and you know mediocre. So. There we go. Obi-Wan held up for, hopefully, a little while. Yeah, it'll be back, though. Yeah, we'll be back. Yeah. Crikey, dude. Another almost hour-long show talking about news. We haven't got time, unfortunately, to dive into any review and discussion or random spotlight. Uh, It's ironic, man. In the run-up to the Rise of Skywalker, bugger all news, just little drips and drabs and stuff. Now that's come out and been and gone inundated with news like every week there's so much to talk about so uh, we promise we'll get around to that stuff uh, we'll try and manage our news we'll, we'll be a bit more picky and choosy with what news we cover and try and get some uh, discussion and random spotlighting because it's really fun to do but uh, yeah overall dude I think we'll uh, we'll wrap there man for ep 41 Sounds good to me, dude. And one thing to note as well, um, we are recording this on Friday, the day before release, um, and we're expecting some news on the next instalment of movies by the end of today. They were saying they were going to announce that by the end of January. They now have less than 24 hours to do it. So we should have something very interesting for review and discussion, or at least a great big news article for next week. So yeah, if that comes out, really looking forward to that. So always a pleasure, dude. It's been a good one. We rambled a lot. It's always fun. That's the... That's the beauty of settling into a rhythm with this. I think it, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you get into. I think you get into a position with podcasting where your people stick to you because they love the rambling, they love the banter, they love the back and forth. So you know, forty-one episodes in, it's good to be. It's good to hit that groove and stick to it. I think it's a, a really solid show, man. Yes, completely agree. Love doing the show with you, buddy. And hopefully, you uh, well, our download numbers would suggest that you guys are loving it too uh, on the rise every week, which is great. So thank you so much to everybody that listens to the show, subscribe to the show, and a massive thank you to our patrons. Uh, you make it uh, very worthwhile. So thank you so much for uh, 
for sticking with us. Uh, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. You can jump onto uh, various tiers there from a dollar upwards, get yourself some swag, all the way up to executive producer credits. And um, yeah, we'd love to have you on board. Uh, head over to the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find us on there, Spark of Rebellion. Give us a like and a follow over there. And also head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. Loads of uh, links there to go off to whatever podcast app that you listen to podcasts on. You'll be able to just give us a sub very quickly. And uh, that'd be awesome to have you on board. Until next week, for episode 42, take care of yourselves and may the force be with you always.